Welcome to the second episode of our podcast show, ESG 123, Sustainability Conversations brought to you by WIND. On this week's episode, we're excited to have Caitlin Sachdev, president and founder of Carbon Forest. Carbon Forest helps both companies and individuals with their carbon footprints by responsibly planting trees on their behalf. Caitlin joins Max Kiefer, head of sustainability at WIND, to share her expertise on everything carbon, from carbon emissions to carbon credits to how requirements are evolving. Caitlin also shares her personal story on what inspired her to start this amazing company. WIND is thrilled to be collaborating with Carbon Forest for Earth Month. Hello, Caitlin. Thank you for joining us today. Hey, Max. Thanks for having me. I'm excited to be here. Absolutely. So uh, Wind and Carbon Forest have an exciting partnership uh, focused on carbon offsets. Uh, so Caitlin, taking a, a step back, can you give us an overview of Carbon Forest, uh, namely what inspired you to start the company? Yeah, of course. So Carbon Forest is a carbon offset company. We make it easy for businesses and individuals to offset their carbon footprint by planting trees in the United States. And I guess what inspired me um, was mostly my girls. I have three girls that are under the age of eight. And my husband and I were living in San Francisco at the time. And the forest fires every year kept getting worse and worse. And I kept looking at them and seeing all of our friends and other people's children and realizing, oh my gosh, this problem is, is real. It's here. And these kids are going to have to really deal with it when they're my age. And so that inspired me to get, you know, to jump in and, and try to be part of the solution. I think one of the reasons I'm so excited about the Carbon Forest product, uh, product and, you know, my own personal connection to it is I'm actually from rural New Hampshire. So where Carbon Forest plants trees is often in rural New Hampshire or rural America. And we believe that rural America can be a huge part of the climate change solution. So having the opportunity to have a company that also is helping the communities that I grew up in is super exciting for me. Nice. Yeah, and you uh, you kind of hit upon it there, but uh, how do you select which, which types of trees uh, you plant? And, and then also uh, the sites where the trees will be planted. Yep, so on a macro level, we have a proprietary forest model where we looked at every single forest type in the United States and what tree species grow in those different forest types. Then we said, okay, which forest types are the best at taking or which trees are the best at taking carbon out of the air? We stress test that and set against a variety of factors. So precipitation risk, flooding risk, um, burn rate to determine where are the best places to plant in a forest in the United States that are most likely to endure climate change. And then at a micro level, whenever we have a project and we're looking at a piece of land, we're really conscious about making sure that we're respecting the natural ecosystem. So obviously we're trying to get maximum carbon sequestration per acre, but you can't plant something in an area where it won't grow. And so, you know, we look at both of those factors when we're building a, pl a plan, a forest development plan and determining how to plant. Makes sense. Yeah. And so uh, for our listeners new here to sustainability, uh, I think even at WIND and externally, people are trying to get their bearings uh, on the different areas of carbon. So could you dig a little deeper and maybe give an explanation of how a carbon offset differs from a carbon credit and how that differs from renewable energy credits? Yes, of course. And I have to say for any of your listeners who are like, what the heck does this mean? You're not alone. It's, it's a little confusing. So let me see if I can try and break it down. So 
Let's go with a carbon offset. So a carbon offset is the reduction of greenhouse gas emissions or an increase of carbon storage that is used to compensate for emissions that occur elsewhere. So let's use a really simple example. You drive your car to the grocery store to get groceries. To offset the emissions that you created, you planted a tree. So types of carbon offset projects are forestry and conservation, renewable energy. Um, there's new technologies out there like direct air capture. That's carbon offset. Our carbon credit is in simple terms, it's like a permission slip to admit. So when a company buys a carbon credit, they gain the permission to generate one ton of CO2. So let's go back to an example again, because I always think these definitions are can be confusing, but company, a company is a carbon emitter because their employees travel a lot on planes. There's no technology out there right now that exists to make flying carbon free. So that company goes and purchases carbon credits to offset their carbon footprint. And those credits are backed by the carbon offset project. Um, and so in the EU and a few other countries around the world, the government actually taxes companies for their carbon emissions. Here in the United States, the only state that has a program like that, which is called the cap and trade system, is the state of California. But the reason there's been so much activity in this space is because consumers and investors are demanding companies do the right thing for the planet. And then also because there's so much movement in it, there's a real belief that some kind of formalized market or federal regulation is coming and companies are trying to get involved now when the, the price of a carbon offset is still really low. And then- I mean, oh, Sorry, oh. not to cut you off. No, no, Lots it's okay. Um, and then the difference between a renewable energy credit and a carbon credit is what you're offsetting. So a renewable energy credit is offsetting electricity use from a non-renewable source, for example, coal to solar, right? For carbon credit, it's offsetting or reducing the greenhouse gas emissions, um, for an example, a, a, a forestry project. So those are the three different ones, um, the three different definitions and examples. So hopefully that's helpful. Very helpful. Yeah, and you, you maybe kind of uh, started or maybe answered my next question here, but obviously uh, different companies are at different levels in terms of the uh, how far they've dug into each one of those. Uh, I know we're kind of building out the partnership with Carbon Forest, which we're very excited about it. Uh, but how would you recommend to companies in general uh, to start in the sustainability journey, if you will? Uh, and yeah. where would you recommend that they really get their first step? The process can be incredibly overwhelming. And like, where do you start? The problem feels so big. But I'm going to highlight three that we sort of talk about a lot and um, with varying degrees of intensity and expense. And then also, what are the benefits? So I think first and foremost, you start at home. You look internally, right? You you sit down with your ops teams, you determine where your waste is in terms of water or energy, um, make sure that your company has a recycling system. I think also getting your employees involved is really important. Mm -hmm. At Carbon Forest, we have an um, offering where it's actually an employee purchase program. So just like a company pays for your retirement plan or your health benefits, you could also have a program where you're offsetting your, your employees' carbon footprint. And the benefit of it is that it's so worth it. On the op side, you're often reducing costs. And then on the employee side, 
83% of employees say that they'll be more loyal to a company that focuses on environmental and social issues. So in this time of the great resignation, this is such a great way to retain and attract employees. True. Well said. The um, other idea that we always talk about is know your carbon footprint, right? So mm -hmm. this is a little bit of like, how bad am I? <laughs> and one of the things that I think people forget is that we're all human, right? And consumers and investors understand for companies that being green is hard, but you got to be transparent, especially in this day and age. So knowing your carbon footprint is one of the most transparent things you can do because you're saying, look, we've got a lot of blemishes in terms of our impact on the planet and, you know, our negative impact on the planet, but we know where they are. And this is, this is our plan of what we're doing about it. Um, I think, you know, the benefit on that one is that, again, you're building trust with your, your consumers or your clients or your investors, you're showing them that you're taking action and you're moving, a, you know, moving forward. And then the third thing I always say that I think a lot of companies forget about is educate your customers about sustainability options. So more than 60% of consumers state that if a brand is promoting sustainability and eco-friendly products, that's actually an important purchasing factor for them. So that means if you're talking about sustainability and you're trying to be more sustainable and you're letting the marketplace say, see that, you're actually differentiating yourself. So then you're building trust with your customers, customer loyalty, and likely greater customer acquisition. So those are the three that, that we sort of talk about in terms of what can you do? Um, and, you know, I think any of them is just, just it's almost like anything, you just gotta start. Nice, well said again. Um, so uh, our last question, last but not least. So the, uh, the requirements and the regulations uh, are constantly being updated. Uh, we're seeing that uh, in our own backyard here in the US, but then also internationally. So. Uh, how do you see the future of the carbon market uh, just progressing uh, in general and in the future and moving forward? Yeah, it's a great question. I wish I had a crystal ball and I knew, but um, I will say we're in the early days of a carbon market, right? Um, and a lot can change. I do think at some point in the United States, we're going to have to have more involvement in terms of policy. So the reason for that is Consumers and businesses need to be protected. There need to be standards and rules, just like there are trading stocks or any other asset. Um, I think that likely will happen. And momentum is, is sort of the wind, you know, it's pushing us forward. The voluntary carbon credit market or the carbon credit market is expected to be worth upwards of $50 billion by 2030. So this is moving fast. Um, and then I think not only that, but the power of consumers and individuals um, saying like, hey, we care about this issue. More than 60% of Americans believe climate change is real. So despite what you may, we may sort of believe, this is an issue that unites us, not divides us. To me, that's inspiring because that means change for a better future is coming. And what that change will look like, I'm not perfectly sure, but I think, you know, there's a lot of growth still to happen and it's a really exciting time. That was great. That was great information uh, and education. I needed it myself as well. So uh, thank you uh, for joining us today, Caitlin, and, and a thank you again to our listeners uh, this week. Uh, in closing, that's great information. Feel free to check out additional information. Uh, wind information is available at wind.ai. 
uh, Carbon Forest is at carbonforest.org. Uh, it's not just Earth Week, it's Earth Month. So thank you for everyone for joining in and please uh, follow up and, and tune in next week as well. Thank you, Caitlin. Thank you.